This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Vices. I don't have to show you any stinking vices. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. And hi there, ho there. Welcome everybody. Thursday here on the Chris Salcedo Show. I am happy beyond all words and measure that you have been able to tune into the Chris Salcedo Show if you saw a big white flash in front of uh, my eyes here if you're watching on Facebook Live. That was uh, one of my my handy-dandy notes to let, you know, the, the basic stuff, the phone number, how to get in touch with the show, Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff. Let me get into all that first. Facebook, since you guys are watching on Facebook Live right now, go to The Chris Salcedo Show. The Chris Salcedo Show. You'll find our presence on Facebook. You can also come here uh, once a week onto the Blaze Facebook presence, and you'll catch us here as well. Uh, Twitter, at Chris Salcedo TX, at C-H-R-I-S-S-A-L-C-E-D-O-T-X, as in Texas. Dial us up if you want to give your comments, if you want to weigh in on what's going on in your government. 888-900-3393, 888-900-3393. Even though John McCain says that we are to blame for all of the country's problems, we in talk radio, we at least listen to you. We at least give you a voice of which, of course, uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. McCain can't claim to do, at least not with his current vote. Uh, we'll get to the votes of six cowards in the United States Senate coming up. Catch the show live at blaze.com slash radio, blaze radio smartphone app, iHeartRadio app. SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher if you want to do the on-demand listening thing. One more place for you guys to go. TheBlaze.com and the channel section, and you will find our presence there. The Chris Salcedo Show, along with all the other uh, talented folks here at The Blaze, TheBlaze.com. Hey, look, our presence in TheBlaze.com, i got to give a shout-out right here on on Facebook Live. Blaze.com, folks. They take what we are seeing and they put it into words and they back it up and they do extra research every single day. Uh, really, really dress up what we do here. Not, not that we need dressing up so much, but to make it translate from the spoken word to the written word, that isn't always easy. So uh, the folks over at, at the short term dot com is what we say here. Uh, folks over at dot com deserve a lot of credit. All right. Well, let's. Let's start off with a press double standard. You guys remember, when was this? I think I played this earlier in the week. Over the weekend, President Trump visited the, the Boy Scout Jamboree. And he asked the following question. By the way, just a question. Did President Obama ever come to a jamboree? Um, answer's no, I guess. And we'll be back. Yeah. We'll be back. The answer is no, and but we'll be back. So now the press is completely up in arms that, that Donald Trump dared to question the motives of the great resident Obama. Now you guys heard from the, the boos and the catcalling that 
that Donald Trump struck a nerve that apparently the former occupant of the Oval Office didn't share a lot of, shall we say, Boy Scout values. Uh, Chief among them, I would imagine, is love of country. Barack Obama did not share love of country with the Boy Scouts. So they booed him, and he never showed up to talk to them. Why? Because, well, it never really fit into Barack Obama's agenda, now did it? A group of young men dedicated to love of country, love of the flag, service-oriented, just didn't really mesh with the leftist agenda of Barack Obama. Well... The leftist agenda of Barack Obama did mesh very well with a lot of the biased folks in the media. So when Donald Trump called out President Obama, press didn't appreciate that. I, just before we got on the air, I was watching Fox News, and they were at the, the briefing, the press briefing. And three, I think three journalists wanted to know about this whole incident and how, I guess, uh, some mamby-pamby... Uh, inside of the Boy Scout organization is apologizing to some of the rank and file who may have been, who may have been, as you heard folks booing there, uh, wasn't a lot of them, who may have been offended by what they regarded as political speech from Donald Trump. How is it political exactly to point out that the former occupant of the Oval Office didn't find the organization that the current president was speaking in front of important enough to go and speak to them his entire eight years in the Oval Office. How is that exactly political? I don't know that it's political. I do know that it is factual. Now, I'm sure there could be all manner of excuses as to why Mr. Obama didn't show. I mean, fundamentally transforming America and all that, that's, that's busy, thirsty work. Can't go talk to an organization dedicated to preserving America. Can't that doesn't exactly fit in the agenda. See, so the the, the double state. Do you guys remember when President Obama trotted out a whole bunch of kids in front of the cameras to talk about gun control? I should say when I think he did it on several different occasions. I'm thinking of one time in particular, but as in as a pretext and as a sympathetic ploy to restrict our Second Amendment rights, Barack Obama brings out a bunch of kids. And somehow, the press didn't have a problem with that. I wonder why. Now, that, that had something to do with policy. That had something to do with our actual guaranteed rights under the Constitution of the United States. This was, did he attend the Boy Scouts? jamboree oh that's political anything that causes barack obama to look bad oh that's political <laughs> i guess and and anything that makes donald trump look good what that's that's a okay anything that 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 curtails uh america's rights in service to liberalism that's supposed to be a okay and the press does it just looks the other way just an observation on my part. Now let's talk about what happened last evening on the Senate floor. There was a vote for what they called straight repeal. And it, it's kind of a misnomer because it wasn't going to be a complete and utter repeal of Obamacare. But it was the most that could be done. 
for the repeal effort under reconciliation. And they brought up the straight repeal language, which was from uh, 2015. And six Republicans changed their vote. Uh, These six Republicans are cowards. These six Republicans are, well, class A liars. They, They voted in the affirmative for clean repeal when they knew that resident Obama would veto it. They were quote unquote safe. And then now when the rubber meets the road, when they, when they were actually asked to deliver on their campaign promises, they didn't. Their names are Senator John McCain, Lisa Murkowski, Senator Capito, Senator Alexander, Senator Portman, and Senator Dean Heller. These are flip floppers, cowards and liars who all they were doing was playing politics when they voted the first time to repeal Obamacare so they could go home and say, look at me, I'm a Republican, I want to get rid of Obamacare, vote for me, vote for me, vote for me, send in your money, send in your money. Bunch of political opportunists and liars. Deadbeat liars. You need to know this about them because a few short months later when they're asked to do the same thing, when it counts, oh, no, 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 can't do that, can't do that. Because really these folks apparently love themselves some statism. So uh, that is how we're going to start the program today. Coming up next, one of the advantages, folks, of doing several radio shows a day, Dallas, Houston, and here on The Blaze, is you get to start out with something and it evolves throughout the day. And on the Houston show yesterday, I delivered something in direct response to Senator John McCain and his calling out talk radio as being a bunch of loudmouths and being invested in do-nothing Congresses, which nothing could be further from the truth. I'll let you guys hear it, because I talked about it here on the show, but it evolved, it transformed, and I think it was a little bit more powerful when delivered on KSEV. So I'll let you guys hear it. Coming up next, Chris Salcedo Show. You folks on Facebook Live, you join us then, right here on The Blaze. This is The Chris Salcedo Show. The Blaze Radio Network. Show. Coming up, uh, we'll talk to our buddy uh, Jonathan Dunn, all the way from Ireland. Don't miss that, folks. Coming up on the Chris Salcedo Show, as you may recall, John McCain uh, uh, threw a scud toward talk radio, conservative talk radio. And I, I observed yesterday that, uh, what's his name? Mitch McConnell had done the same thing months ago. And that's where I pick up the conversation. This is what I said about it yesterday in Houston. John McCain did the same dang thing yesterday. And I wanted to address it. And again, I do not take back my well wishes. Uh, They were delivered in earnest and they weren't contingent upon John McCain growing a conscience. They weren't contingent on John McCain actually working for the best interest of this country. I've said it before and I'll say it again. John McCain 
served his country with distinction in uniform. He has been an utter disgrace as a senator. An utter disgrace. Simply because he, he just... He, we all know he's a Democrat. We only know he operates as a Democrat. We all know he has Democrat sensibilities. The only reason he's a Republican is because the state in which he resides is majority Republican. He's no better than Joe Strauss. John McCain said this of people like me, of people like Rush, of people like Lance, people like Sean. Stop listening to the bombastic loudmouths on the radio and television and the internet. To hell with them. I hasten to point out that uh, John McCain's daughter is a political pundit on Fox News Channel. Uh, Are we to assume, Mr. McCain, that you were including your very own daughter in your go-to-hell statement, sir? Uh, McCain wasn't done. They don't want anything done for the public good. Our incapacity is their livelihood. Your incapacity is our livelihood. And you blame us for your incapacity, sir? Is that who you blame, Mr. McCain? I see. So it was Chris Salcedo's fault that you sat on your your moldy rear end for the last six years and didn't work on a consensus replacement for Obamacare. That's my fault. That's my audience's fault, Mr. McCain. It is my fault that you, one of the chief architects of undermining what it means to be a Republican, uh, can't, can't find a unifying principle, can't stand against socialism, something that erodes and degrades Every country that it's tried in, that, that's my fault, Mr. McCain. That you go up to Capitol Hill and you acquire immense wealth. You earn $174,000 paid in part by my taxpayer money. And you can't get anything done. And that's my fault, Mr. McCain. Why the heck did we send you there, sir? If all it takes is we, quote unquote, loudmouths on talk radio who can keep you from doing what you need to do. Isn't the problem, Senator McCain, is that we're watching you? Isn't that the problem? Don't you, don't you wish that like the basket of biased press tunes out when Democrats are doing poopy things that we in the conservative talk radio and the conservative movement would tune out when you do equally poopy things. Isn't that what you really want, John McCain? You just want us to leave you alone so you can work out deals to benefit your own bottom line. And work in the best interest of the special interests, the traitorous insurance companies and others. Isn't that what you really want, John McCain? Let me be plain. You know, let, let's, let's take this bit by bit. One, uh, let, here's the first part. Stop listening to the bombastic loudmouths on the radio and television and the internet. To hell with them. To hell with us, I see. So when you're bombastic... In Congress, like you are, Senator McCain, what did you call conservatives? Wacko birds? Isn't that what you called? Wacko birds? So you can be bombastic in, in the set. You know what, Mr. McCain? Maybe, maybe 
what's good for the goose is good for the gander because of your bombastic and your deplorable treatment of conservatives. We should say to hell with you, sir. To hell with you, John McCain. Because of the way your bombastic treatment of we in the conservative movement. To hell with you, John McCain. It's only fair, correct, sir? That I cover stories that you couldn't give a damn about, right, Senator McCain? That you don't, you don't give two wits about, right, Senator McCain? Uh, stories that affect my audience, affect the American people. For example, newly classified memos that have been acquired by the press. The Hill, chief among them, showing in these memos from the Obama era that the National Security Agency and the FBI violated specific civil liberty protections during the Obama administration by improperly searching and disseminating raw intelligence on American citizens, or they failed to promptly delete unauthorized intercepts. The American people were being harmed by the previous administration. Their Fourth Amendment rights violated by the previous administration. Where the hell were you, John McCain? Protecting us? No. No, you couldn't be found. Uh, uh, my friends uh, over here on the other side of the aisle, I got to go to dinner with them. <laughs> the man who you unleashed on this country by your, tim your timid campaign against him in 2008. Systematically, according not only to the FISA court documents, the FISA court documents John McCain. Now we have internal memos from the Obama administration itself saying the NSA and the FBI between 2009 and 2016 abused the rights of American citizens. And where is our great defender, John McCain? Where's the loudmouth John McCain? Nowhere to be found. Nowhere to be found. I'm out here doing every day what you're not doing, Senator McCain, giving the people a voice. They call up here. They get to whatever elected leader happens to be listening. They get to have their say right here. When was the last time you could say that, John McCain? When did you give we the people a voice in government, you hypocrite? He wasn't done. They don't want anything done for the public good. Our incapacity is their livelihood. Your incapacity is my fault, John McCain? With no due respect, Senator John McCain. It was not we loudmouths in conservative talk radio who passed a law forcing our people to buy a product they may or may not need. That was your friends on the Democrat side, John McCain, who locked you out of the Obamacare debate and who you now want to give a voice in fixing the very catastrophe they imposed on this country. John McCain. 888-900-3393. The Chris Salcedo Show.
on the Blaze Radio Network. Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. And welcome back, everybody. I'm glad you have tuned in. I am your liberty-loving Latino. Do not confuse me with loudmouth leftist Latinos out there. I actually love the United States of America. And I, when I find kindred spirits, it doesn't mean only among American citizens. When I find kindred spirits all over the world who love this country as much as I do, uh, there's an immediate bond. And, and our next guest, as a matter of fact, this is the first time that I have spoken to him voice to voice. I haven't met him in person yet. Uh, all of our correspondence have been over text messaging or email or just by hearing his promos here on the Blaze Radio Network. Jonathan Dunn, he refers to himself as an, an Irish guy with a passion and a true belief in American exceptionalism. Always principles first with this guy his podcast is available every saturday posted noon eastern right here on the blaze radio network and mr dunn welcome to the chris salcedo show thank you very much for having me all the uh, first off what time is it there it is eight i'm five hours ahead of you <laughs> nice well uh, for, uh, i am so glad you could make it and uh uh, so just so I can confirm, this is like the you are the real Chris Salcedo, right? You're the real bombastic, <laughs> loudmouth, wacko bird, Chris Salcedo, right? This is that, that's me, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, targeted. Well, not just me. I, I think I think I know who McCain was targeting. I think he was targeting figures like like Glenn. He was targeting figures like Rush and Sean uh, because uh, let's be honest, that John McCain, that the secret's out. He's not a conservative. And he's worked against the conservative movement. And, and the fact that we don't carry his water really distresses him. So he, so he sat there in a well full of people who don't like having their feet held to the fire. And uh, they applauded him as he bashed us. Um, that's real easy. Uh, anyway. You know, yeah, go there's ahead. a real ironic thing about what's going on in D.C. right now. If you if you actually just sit back, you know, the one thing I've come to looking at this world, this crazy world we live in, if this was like House of Cards and you were just sitting, it would be the best show ever. I'd be breaking my heart laughing. The sad, sad part is it's true and it's you're living in a horror show. What's I, so ironic to someone like me is I watch DC right now and I'm looking at all these arguments and Senator McCain going out there is they they openly admit we can't get anything done. They're having you having pre your president Trump going out just whatever to get just vote for it. You have McConnell, let's vote for this bill. We're voting for any bill. No one's reading the bill, and all the time they're all admitting we can't get anything done. And the argument is, let us take care of your health care. If 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 I wish someone and if someone listens to this because I know a lot of people listen to your show, please take a thirty second or a sixty minute slot of just second slot of what's going on in D.C. right now and go. You really want these people looking after your health care? That is the biggest, strongest ad you could do because most people will go. I don't want them anywhere near because they will not agree with it on well, anything. Who was it? It was it was Rand. I think it was Rand Paul who said these guys 
can't run Amtrak. These guys can't run the post office efficiently. You want to put these guys in charge of your health care? I mean, for, for you know what? I'll mention this too, Mr. Dunn. Isn't it, you, you know that uh, Senator John McCain is a veteran. You know that. He served, he served in the U.S. military, correct? Did he really? I never heard, I've never heard that before. <laughs> now, ever. Now, Senator John McCain served in the military. This this champion of our fighting men and women in uniform. Why why didn't John McCain get treated for his illness at the VA? I, I, I don't know. It's 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 it, my, the mind because, boggles reasons why. Well, because John McCain's been there for thirty years, and he has worked so hard to make that VA sterling and and wonderful and and deserving as all of our fighting men and women. I mean, if it's good enough for our fighting men and women, it should be good enough for John McCain. As a matter of fact, why don't we put all of Congress inside of the socialized medicine uh, framework of the VA? I'm sure they'd all be elated, ecstatic to get their treatment. At VA hospitals, what shouldn't they be lining up out the door to do this? I think so. Yeah. I think you know. I think you know. If you ever want to take a trip down government, the government route, just you know, just book yourself in for a day of fun. You know, if you're a vet, <laughs> go to the VA. If you're a normal person who hasn't served this country, just go to the DMV. And if you have a pleasant experience, you should then go and vote for um, government involvement in healthcare. Yeah. If you happen to think those things suck, which they truly do, then I suggest. You start doing what you can do, winning the argument and saying, get government out of healthcare. Because the truth of the fact of, of the matter is the U.S. system, while it does have its flaws, is by far and away the best system on God's green earth. And this is factual. This is not just an Irish guy coming on to say America is better. No, this is fact. The amount of people who go around live in socialized medicine you're Irish, whether you're English, whether you're German, whether you're Australian, who can't get treatment under their utopian paradise of socialized medicine, and who the answer is getting a GoFundMe or getting local charities to sponsor them to go to America to find a cure. I don't hear Americans, you know, let's have a GoFundMe for Chris Salcedo. He has a little illness. He's going to Germany to get the best healthcare, <laughs> or oh, going to Canada to or, get healthcare. Or the UK. Everyone is yeah. going to America. Yeah. No, no you're, you're, absol you're absolutely correct. And uh, and I'll give one caveat. America's system is the best in the world when it's adhered to. And that seems to be a part of our problem. And uh, by the way, Jonathan Dunn is our guest right now, folks. You can hear his podcast posted every every Saturday at noon Eastern right here on the Blaze Radio Network. Reason I brought you on was to weigh in on the Charlie Guard case. And here we have uh, proof positive that the, the, when the state takes over your health care, the trade off is. You no longer control your health care. When the state pays for everything, they make the calls. And this young man, uh, this young man, this young, this young baby is, is paying with his life so that socialism can live on in the UK. It's, it's honestly one of the most heartbreaking cases, um, just watching it from afar. What these parents... I don't have kids, so I can't fully empathize, but my heart breaks them just going through what they've had to go through. You know, we, you know, the one thing about America, going back to your founding fathers, you know, America was exceptional from day one because it truly understood. Your founders are such great men. They said the first right, the first and most important right enshrined in your Declaration of Independence is not free money. It's not free rights. It's nothing 
it's about life is the first right. Because they understood something that even to this day, other people don't understand. We can disagree on tax policies all day long. We can disagree on Obamacare all day long. We can disagree on any policy you want. If we don't have a culture that respects and enshrines life as a liberty, and that is something that's worth fighting for, then we are lost as a culture. We are living in a culture of death. And I don't know how these poor two couple, um, the two parents are going through it. Just to go through the timeline, can you imagine having a son or a daughter and all you want to do is I need to get my son or my daughter. They have this disease. And even if it's not Charlie's disease, they have this thing with them. I just want to give them a chance to live. I just want them to try and get treatment. I know it might not work. I know these risks, but just let us try. And going through the timeline, going through the high court saying, no, it's best to have him die. Going through the doctors, going through the Supreme Court, going through the European Court. And all the time, all you're asking for is, I just want a chance for him to live. Yes, I know he might not. It's not a guarantee. Cancer or any treatment for a serious illness is not a guaranteed outcome of success. But at least let us try we're not even looking to take up your resources. We have our own money. We can go to America. We can go to the Vatican. Just please let us try. See, then no, wait a minute. That's, that's a, a key point. I don't want you to gloss over that. They weren't asking to burden other taxpayers. They, they just wanted permission so they could save their son. And the state said, no, we're not going to allow you to use your own resources to save your son because we have determined your son is not savable. And then that, that begs the question, whose child is it? And, and in, in Europe, I'm afraid they've abandoned control of their children to the state. Absolutely. Like there was an article in The Guardian, one of the, the big papers in the UK, basically saying that, that, you know, the parents are not the ultimate decider of, of, of our children. And that is so frightening. But even just some of the quotes, I don't know how closely you follow the story. The judge, we are making women, men and women, and this is the same in America, by the way, this is not just an isolated case. We are making men and women who are wearing robes or happen to have a be a political politician, making them gods. Some of the quotes when um, last, I think it was last week when the, they got the, there was a great bill in the, the house, I think, to grant them um, not a citizenship, but, you know, a right of residency to go over there. Yeah. The judge said, and I quote, you can't move that baby without me saying so. <sighs> Do you think you're a god that you think you can tr control my child? Absolutely. That but is that is a such That's what happens when you surrender the that's what happens when you surrender your sovereignty, you surrender your rights to the sovereign state. You know, and, and we've talked about this Jonathan, I don't know if you had a chance to tune in much of the show. But we've talked about Canada, the UK, they had conversations and they agreed there's going to be a trade-off. The, the, the Democrats over in this country and the liberal extremists in the United States, they say, oh, there's no trade-off. It's nothing's going to change. It's, you're going to get your health care for free. Nothing will change. And only an idiot and a buffoon believes that. Absolutely. And I, I can tell you in a, in a small socialist utopia like Ireland, everyone knows the healthcare system sucks. You know, you go into, if I go, if I fall tonight, and if I trip over the stairs and I fall and I, you know, I twist my ankle or I'm not sure what goes in, I'm going into A&E and I'm waiting at least 12 hours before I'm seen. 
you know whereas if i go and pay private because we right now still have a bit of a private system but it's extremely expensive and the government wants to phase us out because we're you know we're hurting the little guy who can't afford it i can get in and out of an a and e center that's private in in 30 minutes 45 minutes uh, this is the market that you're up against. Everyone knows the system is not good, but everyone is so caught up in, well, it's not fair, it's not right. <laughs> and this this is what the argument of Charlie Gard was. Instead of saying life is precious, you know the old thing, these old standards we used to have, the Hippocratic Oath? Yeah. First, do no harm. Now we're like, well, he has a right to die with dignity. Well, that, He's that, in pain. The Hippocratic Oath has changed. Do no harm to the socialist state. That seems to be... Uh, the, the primary concern of those in, in control in government. Jonathan Dunn, everybody. Irish guy with a passion and a true belief in American exceptionalism. Always puts his principles first. Make sure you catch the podcast. Available right here on the Blaze Radio Network. Posted Saturdays at noon Eastern. It's a pleasure meeting you, buddy, and we'll get you back on. Thanks, brother. You keep up the good work. All right, God folks, bless. Back in a minute. Chris Salcedo Show here on the Blaze. He is a liberty-loving Latino conservative. Need we say more? The Chris Salcedo Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. This is the Chris Salcedo Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. You know, we haven't made fun of Jeffy very much on this program. And not at all. You know, we love Jeffy on this program. I just, just an observation. Everybody has a, a, a great time uh, giving Jeffy hell. And I, I'm just wondering, is that cool to do? Uh, not, not, I mean, I, I, think it, I, think it's, I think he loves all that kind of stuff. I just... I'm just wondering if I'm missing out. <laughs> just, just a question out there. Uh, Jonathan Dunn sends me something via text message I wanted to share with you guys. From the parents of Charlie Gard. We just want some peace with our son. No hospital, no lawyers, no courts, no media, just quality time with Charlie away from everything to say goodbye to him in the most loving way. His mother said, most people won't ever have to go through what we have been through. We've had no control over our son's life and no control over our son's death. Welcome to socialism, ladies and gentlemen. And, you know, America had better wake up and look at the canary in the coal mine. And you folks over in the UK, you'd better do the same and recognize this is what you signed up for. Uh, well, there was something else I was going to tell you guys. I can't remember. Oh, yes. The John McCain. Uh, many of you are reaching out, uh, giving the thumbs up on the John McCain. Say, I want to call it a rant. A rant is kind of a negative thing. It was a, a, a response, a thoughtful response to Senator John McCain. That is posted on top of the Chris Salcedo Show Facebook page. It is, uh, it is a SoundCloud file, and there's also the ending quote is on there. Also, I made reference in it to 
Senator Mitch McConnell doing much of the same thing, trying to blame talk radio for the ineffectiveness of the Republican Party, uh, not adhering to their alleged conservative platform. Or no, the conservative platform is conservative. They just don't adhere to it. So alleged that, that, that let's see, how am I going to put this? They should be adhering to their platform. They say they're Republicans, but few of them are adhering to the Republican platform, which is decidedly conservative. So what does it mean? It doesn't mean very much to the likes of John McCain. And uh, by the way, the Mitch McConnell thing was done on, um, on Dana's show on Blaze TV. So that's uh, about a year old. It was back in the last, uh, the last election. So that is available for you at the top of the Chris Salcedo Show Facebook page. I just type in the Chris Salcedo Show in the search bar and you will find it. Okay, up next, we'll have a conversation about, well, sanctuary cities and how the president's taking the gloves off and a $2 million Obama-era program that was supposed to get people jobs. How many? You're listening to The Chris Salcedo Show. Part of Generation Blaze. On the Blaze Radio Network. The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Vices? I don't have to show you any stinking vices! This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. I'll bet you all thought I forgot the flip around. I did not, you guys know, on... uh, on Thursdays, when we do Facebook Live, we always put off the flip around until the second hour. And so leading off, we'll go with uh, Jake Tapper's program over on CNN. Why are they so concerned about the president's behavior that they think they have to, quote, save America from this president? Save America from what? What are they so worried about, these, quote, people inside the administration? Contemplate that fresh truth from the new White House communications director. CNN Sarah Murray is at the White House for us, and she filed this report on the latest chapter in this very public drama. Even for a White House known for dysfunction, the latest feud is taking a stunningly public turn. If you want to talk about the chief of staff, we have had odds, we have had differences. When I said we were brothers from the, uh, from the podium, that's because we're rough on each other. Some brothers are like Cain and Abel. Other brothers can fight with each other and then get along. I don't know if this is repairable or not. That will be up to the president, but he's the chief of staff. Newly minted communications director Anthony Scaramucci calling into question Reince Priebus's standing in the White House and suggesting the chief of staff prove for himself that he's not a leaker. When I put out a tweet and I put Reince's name in the tweet, they're all making the assumption that it's him because journalists know who the leakers are. So if Reince wants to explain that he's not a leaker, let him do that. Priebus didn't comment on the matter Thursday, but allies outside the White House came to his defense. Reince is a very close friend of mine. Reince is doing a fantastic job at the White House, and I believe he has the president's confidence. All right. This is all. We had observed this in a joke 
last week, right here on this program, when Scaramucci was named communications director, we had, and again, I want to stress, this is a joke. It remains a joke. We just said, well, I, you know, when Sean Spicer resigned, I guess we found the leak. And again, I said it was a joke at the time. And then I, I got to be honest with you, I kind of regretted saying it because over the weekend, Scaramucci jumps on Fox News and says, uh, yeah, um, well, there, there, are, there are leaks in there and we're going to stop the leaks. And that's the reason why I'm brought in. Leaks, 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 leaks. And I said, man, they are really going after leaks. And then yesterday he jumps on Fox. I think he's on with Hannity. And he, he says this. Now, one of the big problems here that I'm discovering in the comms team is that senior people are really the guys doing the leaking, and they ask junior people to leak for them. And so uh, I'm very proud to be reporting directly to the president so that I can hermetically seal off the comms team from this sort of nonsense. And so I think that'll be a very big step forward in reducing some of the leaks that are coming from the White House. Senior people. Well, that kind of narrows it down a little bit, doesn't it? That... <laughs> I mean, the the basket of bias press seems to think they know who the leaker is. And they're saying it's Ryan's Priebus, who, who I know, who I've met with, who I have uh, interviewed. And I don't know. The press either trying to drive a wedge between the president's team and the president or with some sort of knowledge, it's, it's, it's hard to understand or know which because they've been acting so with such duplicity uh, in, uh, in the last seven, eight months. It's hard to know. But what I will say is this. It was long speculated and long feared that Donald Trump, in a magnanimous gesture, opening up his administration to the establishment Republicans over in the RNC, that he may be opening up his administration to some never-Trumpers. That they may have infiltrated the administration and are the ones who are responsible for White House leaks. Uh, and that is the fear... And that is a speculation. By the way, they're, they're, guess what? CNN and MSNBS are talking about the same thing. Side. Sure. Look, uh, I think I've addressed this uh, question uh, when it comes to staffing and personnel many times that if the president doesn't, then uh, he'll make that decision. We all serve at the pleasure of the president. And um, if he gets to a place where that isn't the case, he'll let you know. So you can't say right now if the president has full confidence in chief of staff rights briefs. I think I just answered that. Did I miss it? Did she answer it? Help me, Peter. Yeah, yeah no, clearly, I mean, they are not answering that question. You'll remember that we've heard now privately behind the scenes that the president has said about Jeff Sessions to political associates, to friends. He said, you know, what if I fired him? The same thing he said behind the scenes about James Comey before he did fire him. What we're trying to figure out exactly is what he's saying behind the scenes about Reince Priebus right now. But Uh-huh. I don't know how much of this is real. And I've got a theory. 
about the whole Sessions thing, and I brought it up with Monica Crowley the other day, and I've since expanded it. And I ran it by uh, some of our producers on one of the earlier shows, on the Chris Alcedo show in Dallas. And he said it sounded like a black helicopter theory, but uh, I might reveal that today. Now, while all, while all the palace intrigue is going on, Here's what Fox is covering. This big. But I mean, I'm just saying that, you know, Bill Gates, one thing about Microsoft, it throws off a ton of cash. Indeed. And he's got a ton of cash. Uh, that's kind of the separation here. You know, Bezos, not taking anything away from him, and we, since we're horse racing this, has done this purely on the momentum of the stock. Uh, I bet if you look at the who has more cash, it'd be, it'd be Gates. I, you know, Jonas, one thing I, I will take away, Jonas, one thing I did notice that if you look at the high-tech performers, and again, Amazon's getting knocked around and dinged with this disappointing earnings report right now, but I, I will say between Amazon and Microsoft, Facebook and Apple and Alphabet, uh, there you have all American companies. Uh, that have been leading this charge. And we go back and forth and we bash this country. We're not where we were and yada, yada, yada. Um, but all of these companies, their founders, their present CEOs believe in that. And in, and in the case of Apple, with now expanding production through Foxconn to build more iPhones in, in the United States. Uh, Bezos, the owner of the Washington Post and Amazon, briefly exceeded the net worth of Bill Gates. Briefly, uh, and again, net worth is calculated by stock value and personal holdings and, and all of that stuff. Uh, and and that, it's it's noteworthy. It's it's kind of it's kind of interesting to these these business titans and how they choose to spend their money and and how they accumulate their wealth. Uh, I don't know that it's. I mean, I, th I find it a fascinating segment and a break from Russia, Russia, Russia and all the palace intrigue. You know what? I've decided I will uh, sort of reveal uh, my developing theory on the president and Sessions because it dovetails exactly to what we just covered in the flip around with the three cable networks, MSNBS, CNN and Fox and what they were covering. I'll be back in a minute. It's Chris Salcedo show here on The Blaze. The next generation of talk radio. The Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to the Latino conservative Chris Salcedo on the Blaze Radio Network. Let me get back to Fox really quick here. Hold on a minute. Right. Yeah, that's Reince Priebus. So people are wondering, are you calling out the chief of staff? Well, then later he tweeted this. Wrong. Tweet was public notice to the leakers that all senior administration officials are helping to end illegal Leaks. Now, it's no secret these two men uh, bring different perspectives, let's just say, to the White House. And as someone said to me, off, uh, basically off record, <laughs> look, they're not exactly grilling buddies, Kevin. Still, it has also been suggested that if Priebus was the leaker, this would simply be another major distraction for a White House that has more than a few of them lately. He's making clear that even though these documents are eventually uh, procurable publicly, that somebody doesn't want him here. 
and somebody is trying to get in his way and scare him off from working here, which is a huge mistake. Scaramucci's personal financial information was leaked to Politico. It was leaked from somebody in the White House to either prevent him or to send a message, don't get in the way of the leakers, the deep state. Don't get in the way. He included Reince Priebus on a tweet calling out the leakers. And the press assumed, well, this must mean he thinks that Reince Priebus is the leaker. Scaramucci, as you heard Kevin Cork just say, says, well, no, I was including him. He's part of management and it's part of a unified front. We're all committed to getting rid of the leakers. I was including him on the tweet. Not to say he was the leaker, but to make sure that he was, that everybody knew that we were kind of unified in getting rid of these leakers. Now, nobody's buying that explanation. Some folks who are in the know in the background are saying that, uh, as you heard Kevin Cork say, they're not grilling buddies. Well, yeah, they're not exactly pals. But I've got to say, the president brings in his own team, brings in his own guy, Scaramucci. And the immediate reaction of those who were brought in from the RNC, whoever made the decision, is to leak his financial information to Politico to embarrass him and undermine his credibility before he's even sworn in, before he's even uh, official, I suppose. Now, there's an agenda going on in that White House, a differing agendas. There's the president's agenda, and then there are those inside of the White House who were brought in in good faith who are not faithfully executing that agenda. And as a matter of fact, are trying to undermine the agenda to save the, the image of the Republican Party as crappy as it is. Now, what about this Sessions thing? Now, I, I brought this up with Monica Crowley. And I said, it, do you think it's possible? Because here comes... Jeff Sessions, he continues He continues to do what he does. As a matter of fact, he, uh, I've got a, a story here. If I have time to play it, I will. Fox News Channel talking about the crackdown on illegals. And so uh, uh, sanctuary cities in particular. So you've got the Attorney General of the United States moving full speed ahead with the Trump agenda. As a matter of fact, the only guy who seems to be unequivocally implementing the Trump agenda, even though he's getting withering criticism from the tweets of Donald Trump. Now, follow me here. Donald Trump tweets out all of this criticism. What have they been focused in on? Like a hawk throughout the entire basket of bias press. The palace intrigue. <gasps> president wants 
Jeff Sessions to be fired. And of course, reliably, here comes the John McCain's and the Lindsey Graham's of the world. Well, you better not do that. Better not do that. That's irresponsible. Blah, blah, blah. All these people running to, to Jeff Sessions' defense, even people who were a few short months ago, as I brought up with Monica, called the attorney general a racist and unfit for the attorney general's office. Now, you've got members of the basket of biased press backing him up because the president's attacking him. You've got never Trumpers in the Republican party say, don't we, we won't hold replacement hearings. We won't hold another nomination hearing. If you can Jeff Sessions. And Donald Trump knows the press. And I think it's taken him these six months to figure out what the game is and who the players are. And now that he knows to his political opposition, I think he's very dangerous because he can play them like a fiddle. He's playing the press like a fiddle. Scaramucci is an extension of this. Now, how many people do you think might be clued into all of this? Not very many. Their performances outside, I would rationalize, Sessions, the president, and remember, the president's not even giving a performance. He's just tweeting. That's all he's doing is tweeting. He was asked in, in, in a couple of press conferences uh, about Sessions. Oh, I've been very disappointed, which is what, you know, which is probably true. You know, not much to fake that. He probably was disappointed that Sessions recused himself. But look at how the press is eating it up. Because they love the fact that there could be division inside of the inside of the White House. So that's all they're covering. I, I mean, the entire half hour that we've been on in this half of the Chris Alcedo show. That's all. CNN. Scaramucci suggests Priebus was behind leak. Uh, over at MSNBS, new White House communications director, tag chief, uh, tags chief of staff Priebus in tweet about leaks. They're all focused on it. Meanwhile, here comes Jeff Sessions cracking down on sanctuary cities like nobody's business. Meanwhile, the president moves forward his agenda in the executive branch. And all these people are, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, the hell difference does it make if Ryan's Priebus and Scaramucci get along? The hell difference does it make that the president is tweeting about Jeff Sessions? He's undermining Jeff Sessions' credibility, really? Jeff Sessions doesn't appear particularly encumbered by that. He's out there announcing that there will be investigations into Team Hillary. There will be investigations into Democrats. There will be investigations. There, there, there will be enforcement of federal immigration law. He's, I have no, folks, I have no proof of this. Like many of you, I'm just trying to make sense of it myself. But this seems, judging by the outcome, the co consuming uh, coverage by the basket of biased press, 
And again, call it palace intrigue. Now, I just got a tweet. Hold on a second. That's a very interesting tweet. This is from... Oh, no. Sorry, that wasn't... That was actually something I had tweeted and and somebody was retweeting it. But... Many had said, well, this sounds like something the Democrats would pull off. That's what I thought somebody was saying. But don't forget, Donald Trump was a Democrat most of his life. He knows how to play these people. He knows how to play these games. Um, what is the expression? Now that I know what the game is, I can play it. Well, I think, again, I'm. I I have no inside information. Uh, I haven't to- talked with the president lately. <laughs> so I can't tell you for sure how much of this is real, how much of this is uh, fodder for the biased press so they can, they can get their fill of anti-Trump, Trumpism. What I will say is that the Trump agenda to the greatest degree possible that it can without congressional help seems to be marching forward. Talk about Sanctuary Cities coming up next. You found the Chris Salcedo Show right here on the Blaze Radio Network. Stick with me, folks. You're listening to the Chris Salcedo Show. Part of Generation Blaze on the Blaze Radio Network. Show. Conservative Talk Radio with Spice. Welcome back, everybody. It's Chris Salcedo Show. I'm happy you've tuned in. I, um, sorry, I was running a little uh, note to a progressive. <laughs> uh, for those of you who are not in the state of Texas, there is a, um, uh, uh, you know that you have gotten under a progressive skin when they sick those in biased news publications after you. And that has happened to your liberty-loving Latino. I don't know if I will put this out uh, here on the Blaze. It might be on the local shows, but it's uh, it, it was it's quite amusing. Uh, this tells me that we're effective. We, long story short, just think of the John McCain in your state, the one who says he or she is a Republican, and then governs and behaves as if they were a a liberal extremist. Well, there there seems to be one bit of cancer in every state, and um, <laughs> Texas Texas is no exception. Glad you've tuned in, everybody. And speaking of Texas, Donald Trump was echoing our efforts in the state of Texas because the the state in which I broadcast from, folks, uh, as you know have become leaders of America in punishing liberal-dominated sanctuary cities. And they have said, no, you know what? You, you cannot thumb your nose at federal immigration law, and you must cooperate. And this is, it is reflecting, I don't, I, I'm not going to say that 
the president and the attorney general are reflecting Texas. I will say that the policies are rather, shall we say, symbiotic. Sanctuary cities legislation has passed the House along with Kate's law, named for Kate Steinle, who was brutally killed by a five-time deported illegal immigrant. We are asking the Senate to vote on sanctuary cities and Kate's law legislation. We've got to get it passed. So, uh, the United States Senate, I wouldn't hold your breath. Uh, these people, uh, these alleged Republicans, I, I can't find a unifying principle. Uh, Mr. President, uh, you know, you would think the Republican Party would be a rule of law party. But there doesn't seem to be much, shall we say, impetus to get busy on taking up the sanctuary cities law and Kate's law. And, and you would think that one of the unifying principles for the, the alleged conservative party would be adherence to the rule of law. But I don't think Susan Collins is there. I don't think Lisa Murkowski is there. I don't think John McCain is there or Rob Portman. Uh, Shelby Capito. I don't think they're there. Uh, Trump warns illegal alien felons they will find no safe haven here in the United States. One by one, we're finding the illegal gang members, drug dealers, thieves, robbers, criminals, and killers, and we're sending them the hell back home where they came from. And once they are gone, we will never let them back in, believe me. The predators and criminal aliens who poison our communities with drugs and prey on innocent young people, these beautiful, beautiful, innocent young people, will find no safe haven anywhere in our country. He then, and I was trying to remember which case he was making reference to here but he gets into a rather descriptive uh, account of illegal aliens felons who have harmed americans now i'm i'm aware of one that that burned a young man alive or, or burned his body after he killed him it's, it's uh, i may be misremembering i do know that he burned him i'm not sure if it was when he was alive or, or after he had passed. But, as, but I interviewed his mother as part of the Remembrance Project. The Remembrance Project, of course, standing up for the victims of illegal alien felons. And listen, it's rather graphic. I got to caution you guys. This stuff happens. But I, I'm, I'm trying to remember which case the president's referencing. And you've seen the stories about some of these animals... They don't want to use guns because it's too fast and it's not painful enough. So they'll take a young, beautiful girl, 16, 15, and others, and they slice them and dice them with a knife. 
because they want them to go through excruciating pain before they die. And these are the animals that we've been protecting for so long. Well, they're not being protected any longer, folks. Yeah, let me, let me correct the president. It's not we who have been protecting them. It's these Democrat cities, these sanctuary cities who are protecting illegal alien felons. And that is why my administration is launching a nationwide crackdown on sanctuary cities. American cities should be sanctuaries for law-abiding Americans, for people that look up to the law, for people that respect the law, not for criminals and gang members that we want the hell out of our country. So uh, the president uh, doing a very good job of articulating what, well, and giving voice to the frustration of many Americans. Tired of progressives, mostly in California, but a lot of the, a lot, even in states like California, there are cities in, I'm sorry, in Texas, there are cities that are progressive dominated who have this attitude of putting illegal alien felons ahead of citizens of these United States. Uh, and, and the president finally giving them voice. It was a, it was, if not the biggest reason, it was one of the top three as to why President Trump was elected to his office, is that people had grown tired of being told, sorry, uh, the illegal alien is uh, a protected class. The illegal alien felon, uh, you don't want to be racist. You don't want to be bigoted. So you're going to just have to let them prey on your communities. It's, it's, a sick, it's a sick way of thinking. But it was the M.O. of the Obama administration. Speaking of the Obama administration, uh, the Daily Signal writes about a $2 million Obama-era program. Now, this job was, or the, I'm sorry, this program was designed to get people jobs. Who wrote this? Kelsey Harkness writes, a government-funded job training program that promised to turn hundreds of residents of Kentucky's coal country into computer coders so far has spent $2 million. Now, remember, Obama was anti-energy, was anti-coal. And he, he cast thousands of people out of work by his undermining and crackdown on coal. Now, those people, the whole idea was, remember, clerk, all you people who I just put out of a job, I'm going to train you. I'm going to dedicate uh, millions and millions of your fellow taxpayers' dollars to get you trained. So you can go on. And that's what he did. So far, this program, again, so far, this program has spent $2 million of your taxpayer bucks. And it's it's worked. Um, now I'll let you be the judge as to how well it's worked for that $2 million, 17 people have found work. (laughs) 
two. Hold on. Let me just pull up the calculator here. Hold, I, I should have done this ahead of time. I uh, let's see. Uh, two zero 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 two million dollars uh, divided by 17. That means for each one of those jobs, the U.S. taxpayer paid one hundred and seventeen thousand six hundred and fifty bucks. Her job, uh, the height of the Obama administration, there were what, uh, record number, I think it was, what was it, 91 million, 92 million people out of, out of the workforce? <laughs> Try, no, it could have been 92 million, it could have been 92 million, I think it, it, it's, it's got to be a lot, I, mean, my, I might have, I might be. Don't have that figure at the top of my head, folks. But it was a significant, it was millions of people out of the workforce because they'd grown so frustrated trying to find a job in Barack Obama's limited economy. You know, you couldn't do every job. Couldn't do the, couldn't do the jobs that was needed. You had to do politically correct work because the government told you to. 117647 bucks per job. That's what we call... Democrat efficiency, folks. Back in a minute, the Chris Salcedo Show. You're in the blaze. Keep up with the Chris Salcedo Show on Facebook and on Twitter at Chris Salcedo TX. Just another way to stay in touch with Chris on the Blaze Radio Network. Salcedo. All right, welcome back, everybody. Our 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 friend Ruben Navarrete Jr., most read Latino nationally syndicated columnist in our fair land, observed something yesterday. He writes CNN anchor Brooke Baldwin. That's at Brooke BCNN. Said that she wondered whether President Trump, in criticizing Attorney General Jeff Sessions, understood that the executive branch is separate and apart from the Justice Department. <laughs> wait, wait. Many of you are going, huh? Imagine if Trump didn't know that. How scary that would be. About as scary as a highly paid but brainless CNN anchor, not knowing that the Justice Department is actually in the executive branch. Schoolhouse Rock, we need you. And there's a picture of, <laughs> I'm just a bill. Yes, I'm only a bill. Now, you, many of you who are millennials out there listening to The Blaze, you have no idea what the hell I'm talking about. Do me a favor. Go. It, it's on DVD because I bought it from my kids. Go find Schoolhouse Rock. It's very informative. It's really cool. Brooke Baldwin apparently didn't watch it when she was a kid. I'm just a bill. Yes, I'm only a bill. Um, the other, speaking of Ruben Navarrete Jr., who is based in San Diego, the San Diego Union Tribune writes, Bell Middle School teacher Shane Parmley was detained for over an hour by Border Patrol agents at a checkpoint in New Mexico because she refused to say whether she was a U.S. citizen. Now, 
some information you guys need to know is that these border checkpoints, according to law and the Supreme Court, can be located at the border or as far into the interior as 100 miles all over the country. So these these border checkpoints have been virtually, they might as well have been unmanned during the last eight years because President Obama didn't enforce law, in particular immigration law. But now that there's a new sheriff in town, immigration law is being enforced. Now that it's being enforced, folks are being stopped at the border checkpoints. So this woman was asked, are are you citizens? Are we crossing a border? Parmley responded. No. Are you United States citizens? The Border Patrol agent repeated. Are we crossing a border? Parmley repeated. I've never been asked if I'm a citizen before when I'm traveling down the road. Well, that's because, well, frankly, the laws weren't being enforced before. And also, we have to do these steps 100 miles north of the border or south of the border, depending on which border checkpoint you're at. We have to do these things because idiot politicians have decided they wanted to look the other way on stopping illegal immigration in this country. So we've got to take these steps to find those who have entered the country illegally until we can get operational control of our borders. Uh, one individual had observed on the Chris Salcedo Show Twitter account, at Chris Salcedo TX, is this the kind of America you want, Chris, where everybody's being asked for their papers? She wasn't asked for her papers. She was asked if she was an American citizen. By the way, she's as white as Brooke Shields, folks. <laughs> she's, she was white. He was, the, the Border Patrol agent was showing, hey, I'm going to ask anybody that goes through my checkpoint because that's my duty. That's what my duty tells me to do. Not based on race. It's not based on anything except for my legal authority to do so and my legal, I would rationalize, duty to do so. And what about the disrespect of the Border Patrol? Same disrespect we've seen to police officers born of the last eight years. Remember, everybody, a society's worth is not measured by how much power is seized by government, but rather how much power is reserved for we the people. Have a great day. Catch you this tomorrow. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network.